Very good. So uh, also, lots of things are coming online uh, for our church, just a normal part of our church program, and one of them is our Wednesday night classes, and um, so we have, I believe we're offering four right now, there's a prophetic class, uh, there's a couple of other ones that actually you can find in your bulletin, and uh, we have bulletins, did everybody get a bulletin, we, we pass those out, so you can find those in the back as well for more information, including how to give and all that kind of stuff, and uh, we have boxes we're still not passing baskets or plates around. Kind of evolved away from that anyway. So I don't know. If they may not even return. Something's so funny because in our normal church life, some things I think are just going to disappear altogether and other things are going to reappear. But one thing that has reappeared that's really encouraging to me anyway, and we had just a great time. I thought we had a great time anyway. Uh, on Wednesday night, like I said, we have these classes. And we, these are classes, but they're kind of a place to find community as well. And they're around different themes. And so I have a Life in the Spirit class that I do. It's kind of an introductory class to our church and to our ways and to me and my wife and to uh, just some of our leaders. And so uh, we'll be doing that again. We'll do it over the next several weeks. And uh, we just meet right up here in the front. And the Wednesday night classes, if you don't know which one you want to be a part of, if you want to be a part of that one, you just stay in the sanctuary because we start with worship at 6 and then we classes start at 6.30. And um, so you can look in the bulletin, and there's various things you can go to. Uh, very encouraging, very, very encouraging classes on different uh, topics and stuff. And a class is probably not a better, good word. It's more like communities of fellowship and belonging. There's, there's of course, uh, um, topics of interest that we discuss and talk about and, and share with one another. And so mine is geared especially for newer people, but if I don't know you very well and you've been here for a while, why don't you show up? It'd be great. Just... Uh, just check in, and uh, so just 6 to 30, and it goes, you know, probably till about 8 o'clock are most of our classes. Also, we have a thing for the kids as well, and um, so if you need more information, we can help you with that. All right, so the title of my message is God Loves a Cheerful Giver. How many believe that God loves a cheerful giver? (laughs) How many feel a little bit uneasy when it says God loves a cheerful giver, you know? <laughs> Maybe because you're not always a cheerful giver. Maybe it feels a little manipulative. I'm not sure how you look at it, but or goading you a little bit. But that statement actually, as we're going to read, goes way deeper than God wants to be you to give and be happy about it, right? So maybe you're not grown to the place where you're having an easy time giving. Sometimes that's a, a ways to go with our, our walk with the Lord. It's a point of growth, even especially when we're down or not doing well. Uh, financially. And I'm not just talking about finances here. I'm talking about our overall approach to life is what we're talking about. So I want to read a few verses uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. That verse, God loves a cheerful giver, is found right in the middle of these verses. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And that's all kinds of things, good things. Uh, When we sell good things, whether it's time with someone whether it's energy in a project, whether it's uh, sharing with our money or our finances or uh, having a listening ear, whatever it is, when we sow, we also reap. It's a law of nature. It's a law that God built in the fundamental fabric of the universe. That's a really important point I just said there. It's built into the very fabric of creation. We see it in natural things. You put a seed in the ground and there's a harvest. Well, there's all kinds of seed that we sow in the supernatural that actually have a natural outflow. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, the setting for these 
verses is he's trying to raise money for the saints in Jerusalem. So he was uh, starting all, all kinds of churches in the Gentile churches, and he would take up an offering for the poor in Jerusalem and also in Israel. And so he was collecting it from Corinth and Galatia and the various places. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that... Now, this is a really good one. If you actually halfway believe these passages, they're going to do you a lot of good for the rest of your life. They've done me a whole lot of good for my whole life. Uh, sometimes a little bit hard to believe in the beginning, but even the cheerfulness part is going to catch up with you as you go down this journey of learning to be a giver, learning to be a sower. And by the way, when we talk about learning to be a giver, we're also talking about learning to be a receiver because it's inevitable as sure as seed time is and harvest. God is able to, this is that part of receiving, is able to bless you abundantly. So he says, God loves a cheerful giver. Then the next sentence is, and God is able, and I would just say willing, to bless you abundantly so that it, in all things, uh, how many things would that be? Ah, you got it. Okay, all. All means all as far as I'm concerned. At all times, wow, having all that you need, wow, you will abound in every good work. So it's like a cycle. So I sow, I reap, I sow, I reap. I, I mean, I sow, I reap, and then I give again. I sow, I reap, and I give again. It's just this cycle, right? Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So then you give again. As it is written, they have scattered, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be rich, enriched in every way. Wow. Is this for real? In every way. Well, I got a lot of ways. How about you? <laughs> a lot of ways. So that you can be generous on every occasion. So you receive, and then you're generous on every occasion, and then it comes back again. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform, and this offering for the saints in Israel, is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Now, this is really, really important at this point. Uh, thanksgiving to, uh, expressions of thanks to God. There's a certain joy that's in giving. And uh, I have, I've, I'm learning to experience this more and more as I get older. Not only that I give, but the joy of it. Knowing, first of all, and having been convinced after lots of practice that God puts this back on my own head. Not only in the form of money, by the way, because some of us don't need money. It's other things as well. What is it that you need? Sowing, and not just financially, but any kind of sowing we're giving comes back on our own head. And so this is resulting in many expressions of thanks to God, meaning the people that are receiving this are giving thanks to God that someone cared enough to provide for them. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience and that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, who would that indescribable gift be? It would be Jesus, right? So evidently, God's a giver. He proved his generosity by giving Jesus the indescribable gift. The sinless Son of God given as a sacrifice, meaning that he went up on that cross for our sins so that we could actually be close to God, that we actually could have fellowship with God, not only in this life, but forever and ever. A good God, by the way. God that's interested in you. 
God is so interested, he wants you to know how his kingdom works, how the universe works. And as I'm saying these things, I want you to know this is how the universe works. This is the way God made the world and made relationships, made you, made life. It's really, really important. And when you get a hold of this, it's a lot of joy because as you begin to prove this out, you begin to realize there's just no way you can outgive God just the moment you thought you'd given too much. It comes back crashing on your head. You can prove this. And now I'm old enough to have had a lifetime to prove it. And I tell you, it's quite a, quite a journey. And there's a little fear and trepidation along the way, especially when you're younger. Uh, but as you get older and you get more and more in the habit of this and understand how this works, even in times when things aren't so good, it's amazing how God blesses. Not only in money, but the wonderful joy is in things that money can't buy or touch. All our sowing, regardless of whether it's our time, energy, goes into these special places that, that we, where we have need. God proved his generosity by giving Jesus the indescribable gift. We read that before, right? And his son is just like his father. So God gave Jesus, but for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And as we begin to read through these verses, what we're going to find is we're going to find these emotions involved. And these emotions involved with giving intrigue me because, you know, I don't know about you, but there have been times when I really didn't feel like giving at all to anyone, <laughs> whether it was a nice word to my wife or a a friendly conversation with my child or a, a gift to somebody in need financially. <laughs> There's just times when I'm just Mr. Scrooge and I don't feel like giving anything, right? But <clears throat> so we, we get in those uh, spaces. I, I, I understand that. But it's precisely in those spaces that God provides giving so that we give anyway, even when it's difficult, because on the other side of it is blessing. It's actually being coming out of ourselves and giving to someone else is actually the way God turns around and gets us out of that situation. So I want to read from uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing on our eyes on Jesus and pi the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scoring the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endures its opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's just that Jesus understands this uh, sorrow, but I want to just underline this word, for the joy set before him. Now, how in the world does that go together with he endured the cross? Ah, that's part of the secret. There was joy in him going to the cross because he knew it was going to happen. He knew that when he sowed his life, there would be this massive return. You sitting out there today and listening on the live stream, you're a part of that massive harvest. And God still gets a kick out of the people coming because he endured the cross. So it was the joy set before him that he did what he did. And so God has a race marked out for us to run. Hebrews 12, 2, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. So all of us have a race. All of us have a life marked out, and we're supposed to do things and experience things in those lives. But <clears throat> this run is to be marked with generosity because that's the way Jesus run, ran his race. We follow Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We use him as our example, and he's the ultimate example, ultimately giving everything he had his entire life and allowing himself to be crucified on a cross so that we would actually have treasure in heaven and treasure in this life. He said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly, all kinds of abundance. That's part of the joy that I'm experiencing in my life. Now I finally figured it out. It took a while. 
But I figured out I never lose when I give. I always gain. And so giving now becomes a joy, a precious treasure. I may have to wait a little bit. Some things I throw out with my fishing pole and I sow into the water take a little bit longer than others, but the fish eventually comes. Sometimes in surprising shapes. Sometimes I thought about one thing receiving and I got something way better. And that happens as well. Part of being uh, perfected, the, the pioneer and perfecter of part of being the perfectee, the one that's being shaped and molded to look like the Lord, the one that's growing up in the God, the one that's entering this, is the entering the joy of giving. And this, I just want to underline this. I know that we go through some discipline steps sometimes just in giving. I don't, I'm not saying that I'm a hilarious giver every time. You know, there are times when it's really, really hard financially or otherwise. Maybe as a husband or a wife, giving attention to your children or giving attention to your mate or giving attention to maybe that uh, poor guy uh, or poor gal down the street that uh, doesn't have anything. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's not easy, right? But, but there is something I'm learning more and more, and, and I'm just praying that, and part of my prayer is that all of you would enter into this place, and I think many of you have, but I, I just think there's way more than most of us expect. Part of this being perfected, he says that he's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He's growing us up, and teach, he, he teaches us how to give and when to give and what's appropriate, not just financially, but our time, our energy, he, where we sow, what we do. You know, so the beautiful people there are sowing in the back of our children's ministry right now. God bless them. And hopefully by God's grace they could be a cheerful giver. Or uh, the service you do in your job, the job you volunteer for at work when nobody else wants to do it, you know. Uh, this servanthood, this, this being willing to spend some time in the warehouse and sort clothes or give food to people or whatever it is uh, in your life. But the thing is, what I don't want us to, mention, uh, to lose in this, because this is really um, overwhelming me a lot lately, and I think I have something to share about this. There's this joy. There is a joy here. There's this part of being perfected through entering the joy of giving is a key part of walking with Jesus. Not being drugged to the place to give, but actually entering into the joy of God for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that we get from being a part of somebody's life and helping somebody out. And that's not the only reason why we do it. We don't do it to get joy, necessarily. But I tell you what, if you just walk with Jesus a little bit, I believe that a lot of us don't experience near the joy we should. Because we're sowing. We're God's co-worker. And there's a fellowship. There's a koinonia. There's a something there that I'm discovering, exploring, and being to walk out with God more and more. Not only that I'm going to give and kind of hold my nose and, you know, and do it in faith, you know, and you know, bleed all over everything when I do, but more than that. It reminds me uh, sort of of a, a stream, and I think this came out of some book I read, but I can't remember what the title of it was. Maybe somebody will remind me, but you know how streams are? I love streams. I love to watch streams and listen to streams. But if you figured out when they are flowing, they're going down, down, down. They're going lower, lower, lower. There's a beauty to it, isn't it, of a stream going lower. And there's a beauty to your life and going lower, giving, something out of maybe even your own need or your weakness. There's a, a beauty in heaven about it. That's why God loves a cheerful giver because he is a cheerful giver. Sometimes we want something so bad and it doesn't come, it doesn't come, we think God's stingy or holding back on us or whatever, you know. And uh, God never is like that. He's got a perfect timing to everything. 
But one thing I learned to do is and there, when I have a specific need, I always try to specifically give out of that need. I make sure that I've sowed completely out of that need. If I'm sick, pray, learning to pray for other people who have sickness, or maybe I've gotten healed, but saying thank you, Lord, or, or sowing something that, uh, you know, if, if I'm lonely, then sowing fellowship towards someone else, just looking for people. There's all kinds of lonely people around. Sometimes when you're lonely, you don't even notice people around. I think one great tragedy in our culture right now is there's just a whole lot of people way too lonely, way too isolated. The number is skyrocketing high. I think this COVID thing did nothing to help that. And now, now we're trying to put the pieces of our fellowship and our relationships back together. And some of us are having a little hard time doing that because some people have moved away. <laughs> some people are just trying to get in the swing of things again. And uh, it's a very lonely time. And if you're lonely, I just encourage you, so friendship, so just a nice hello to somebody. When you don't feel friendly or feel anybody is befriending you, befriend somebody else or just say hello. Any of these things. Have you ever noticed when you give a cheery hello to someone, it kind of lightens them up as well, you know? Especially if they're grumpy, right? Sometimes they just manage a little smile because you're so happy, right? <laughs> and I've been on both sides of that one. How about you guys? So... Part of perfected, being perfected comes through the entering the joy of giving. Not just the giving itself, but the joy of it. It's a key part of walking. I want to say this again. We love because he first loved us. That's a cool scripture, right? So when God touches us, we love, you know, we're able to love. When we receive love, we can give it. So when God touches you with something, blesses you with something, be ready to give it away quickly, Right? Because that's actually a key to sanctification, walking in holiness, is learning to not only be a receiver, but a giver. Matter of fact, some people have such a hard time in life because they're just uh, so depressed and so discouraged that they've become into themselves so far that they've quit being a giver. And part of the life cycle, the way the universe is put together, is you're both a giver and a receiver. And so you've got to make sure that you stay in that place because that's the way the universe runs. The secret of a full and abundant life is to invest in others and share the master's happiness. Now, I'm going to read this long section of scripture because it's fascinating to me, uh, this master's happiness. It's not only that you get back when we give, which we'll discuss a little bit more later, but it's this master's happiness. Okay, and so there's two themes as we read through this, and I, I'm going to read these verses, all right? Matthew chapter 25, it's a the parable uh, of uh, the bags of gold in my Bible, or the talents, maybe, if you remember that in the older versions. Uh, Jesus is talking about the way things are. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, according, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and regained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. Now notice the response. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now, here's the part. Come and share your master's happiness. 
Now I'm going to keep emphasizing this because I have discovered over the years this master's happiness. And I am telling you, you know, I know that there's times when I've given and I just like held my breath. It was just too much. It was just like, wow, I hope that I hope God comes through for me, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm learning more about the rhythms of God. And so when we invest in the kingdom, we invest in somebody's life by just listening to them or talking to them or or uh, volunteering to do something. When we invest, there's the master's happiness is close by. I don't think we experience enough of that. So I just want to make you aware of that, that that's available to you, right? The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Isn't that interesting? He sowed a couple of things, and he says, I'm going to put you in charge of many things. It's the law of the universe. In other words, you can't outgive or outsell God. What looks like a problem is actually an opportunity. Now, it takes faith to see that. But once you get in the rhythm of this and you learn how this works, it almost becomes like uh, your mood is hard to tamper with, and the other side is you have this amazing expectancy in you. You live life kind of on top and not on the bottom, even when you're not doing so well. Come and share your master's happiness. There that is, two, two times. Then the one man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. You know, this thing of walking with God is a serious thing, right? So I just want to make sure I do it right. <laughs> so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read I thought, that's a little harsh, isn't it? Right? <laughs> Gee whiz. <laughs> <You know? laughs> At least he didn't lose it. You know, that's kind of the way I was thinking. You know, Somebody gives me something, I didn't lose it, right? So interesting, isn't how we have that reaction? We think, well, gosh, God did pretty good, I think. Wicked, lazy. I mean, okay, maybe you weren't as good as the other guys, but at least you, you know, showed up. <laughs> he didn't lose it. He didn't squander it. But isn't it interesting? how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God has gears and it's always moving forward. It's always producing. It's always causing things to happen. It's always about sowing and reaping. The whole world's that way. Even though the world looks uh, 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 you know, wicked and there's bad things happening, don't be fooled. Matter of fact, sometimes we've watched entirely too much news. Part of the news cycle, even the ones that you like, has to have a little bit of special sauce on it. <laughs> Otherwise, why would you watch it? So, you know what? It's always pushing, you know, things that, exaggerating things that probably wouldn't normally be exaggerated if told in another tone of voice because they want to keep your interest. So it's good to be informed, but part of this, especially in these last cycles, it can kind of get, get your spirit and get you in an, a, a different place mentally and emotionally than you probably need to go. The universe is not falling apart. Our country doesn't have to fall apart. Uh, There's some grave things that are facing us, but we have sowing still to do. Do you know that word, sowing? And one of those things that's sowing is praying, both in individual... I say, I'm saying it really easy for everybody. Praying. Remember praying? (laughs) Your praying actually makes a difference. It's like a seed that is sowed, and there's always a harvest from it. So there's a lot of believers in this land, and there's a lot of believers in our church. There's a lot of believers in Orange County. 
So we should be praying, sowing, and then expecting. And God will reward us for those prayers. We even see that kind of sowing. Jesus talks a lot about rewarding, especially persistently praying, (laughs) sowing. He rewards that kind of faith. He told parables about it. Remember that? The, the poor widow, you know, who got something because she persisted. And the, the guy in the middle of the night knocking on the door. So God is on the increase. His kingdom is about increase, not decrease. He's not wringing his hands in total abject fear and terror of what is happening in the fear or disgust. He still has us, and we're still sowing. And while we're still sowing, he's still reaping a harvest, and there's still God doing an amazing thing. Matter of fact, sometimes the best sowing happens in the midst of the worst manure, <laughs> right? Where everything stinks. My neighbor warned me, came up to me the other day, said, I'm warning you, those gophers got my yard again, and I got 10 tons of manure in the back. It's going to be stinky for a while. And I said, okay, no problem. He says, and you'll like it because my grass will be greener when you look over there. Okay, good. Verse 24, okay, so, so this guy hides his stuff, right? So you know that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I would have received it, so then I would have received it back with interest. So God's always interested in increase in what we do. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. What? He's, he's really making a point here. I like increase. So keep sowing. Don't be afraid. Courageous. Keep sowing. Keep sowing in that lost relative of yours. <laughs> keep sowing the field with regard to a new job or opportunity. Keep expecting the best from me. Because if you expect the best from me, you're going to get it. This is all areas of life. Now, he's using money, which everybody can relate to, right, as an example. But that's not the only thing we sow. There's plenty more. Even just simply the gospel. Gospel seed. This is a time of great giving and sowing. God loves you to be a cheerful sower of the gospel with your friends, your neighbors, and people you think would not even expect. But I'll tell you, in this hour, this is the best time of sowing that you'll have in years because it stinks so much. There's a lot of manure laying around. People are weak. People are unnerved. They're uneasy. And they're not in their same space. They're not in their normal, like, element. They're off balance, right? That's what you do with the soil. You make it off balance so you can put the seed in. That's where everybody's at. I mean everybody. I mean you might find maybe somebody, but I think everybody's off balance. If they're not off balance, their relatives are. (laughs) Somebody's off balance, right? Believe me. For whoever has, listen to this, will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from. In other words, they have it, but they're not sowing it. And throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All this about money? No. So the thing is, Jesus' investment is in the world. He died for, for men and women to come to know him and to come into a relationship and to be with him forever. So this is a money example, but what we're talking about is way beyond that. We're talking about sowing Jesus into the world, right? And this person took the gift he had and wasn't sowing it into the kingdom of God. He wasn't letting his light shine. He had buried it, right? And it was a front to the master because the the master loves everybody so much. 
That's why it's so important that even as believers, we're on the front lines of homelessness and all these issues. Jesus is looking for the lost one, the broken one, the one that needs help. He always is like that. He's always seeking to save someone that's lost and broken. That's why the Mercy Warehouse and other things we do around here are so incredibly valuable. It's been nothing but joy to me to have that Mercy Warehouse, even though we've suffered and there's been a lot of energy and time put into it, all of it, but it's bearing so much fruit because we're sowing into the community all the time, giving away, talking to them about Jesus, inviting them to church, just blessing, blessing, and blessing. It's just like we put a big engine back there, you know, in the back of our church, and it's our sowing engine. So if you don't have nowhere to sow, you can always go there and volunteer, help in a dozen different ways for the world. But this is part of our community involvement. This is part of what we're supposed to be in our community. Homelessness, addiction, the issues of mental illness around it are some of the most difficult uh, issues our whole culture is facing. We can't just look around and just get overwhelmed by it. We have something to say about that. We can't, can't take our talent and say, this is not going to touch that. If, who, if we can't touch this, who can touch it? So we can touch it. We just have to be able to get involved and step in there. It doesn't mean it won't be costly. It will take some sewing. But I tell you, when we see the homeless getting healed and saved and, and get them uh, their house and get them fed, it's just a very joyful thing. Our church is actually a very happy church, partly because of what we're able to do in that dimension and, all, and way in the dimensions beyond. This is a glorious thing. So the gold, it says like, you know, Bag of gold, wow, this is a serious thing, you know. Uh, take it and give him the one who has the bags, you know, and put that, you know, cast that guy into the darkness, you know. What he's really talking about is he's talking about, look, this is my cause. This, I, I died for these people. Take what you have and make sure that your light shines. Make sure that you, you're a sower in some way or another. Watch for opportunities. Watch, be serious with God about it. Just Watch for ways that you can be a giver and not a taker. But the funny thing about all of this is when we get in this realm, we find that actually, actually, we actually get blessed all the more. This isn't about loss. It's actually about gain, not only for the person you're giving to, but for you. That's the amazing thing about seed time and harvest and abundance, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I'm talking about all parts of our life, right? Financially, certainly. Each of you should give what you have decided, and this, the setting for this is also a financial gift. You know, again, it's, it's giving to, to uh, these folks, right? And so um, I just want to underline a couple of words there, right? As I go back through this, um, let's just look at verses... I've already read this, so let's look at verses 12 to 13. Listen to this. This service, uh, well, first of all, uh, no, I'll go, I'm going to read 6 to 11 again. Whoever, uh, I was, each of, sorry, I'm, I'm stumbling here. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I just wanted to say that again. I just, I just like the way it sounds. I mean, if you don't like the way it sounds, there's something wrong with you. Like, so that all things... I mean, he just covers everything. At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I just think that's worth just taking a visit, right? And then verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. Well, what ways? Every way. Are you depressed in your emotions? Are you missing something? Are you lonely? 
Do you need money? Do you need a job? You'll be enriched in every way. When you're generous, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. He goes back to the original subject of this gift that he's giving to the, to, uh, the people in Israel, right? All right. But look at verse 12 or 13 again. The service you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Now this is where, just if you didn't hear anything I said until now, listen to this one, all right? Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience. In other words, people are praising God, and it says in their prayers for you, their heart, verse 14, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. In other words, you gave them this gift, and they're all rejoicing about it, but they're rejoicing so much, they begin to pray for you. Now, many of you know, there's not hardly a week goes by that I don't find myself somewhere around Matthew 18, because it's been such an explosive verse in my life, and because I just happen to believe in my prayers, I've spent a long time cultivating that, but I believe that when I pray, when you pray, things happen. That's why the National Day of Prayer is coming up. I hope you're here. If any time you ever prayed together for your nation, it should be right now, right? All right, it's a little advertisement there. Matthew 18, 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So what, how am I connecting this? Well, Paul is talking about these Corinthians that are so excited for the gift they received, and they're giving thanks. And in their prayers for you, it says, their hearts will go out to you. Now I've noticed this in my own life. When people give me a gift, they just enlisted a prayer partner. When people do something nice for me, it is no problem to pray for them, right? But the issues, oh, and we say, oh, that's nice. Thank you very much. No, if they say they're going to pray for me, I go up and hug them, thank them, look them in the eyes, I keep doing that. Because I don't think prayers are just little wisps of things that are said. A person that has received something from you has something to give back to and true gratitude. So this word is the word symphonia we talk a lot about. Two of you agree. You symphonize about anything they ask for. It will be done for them, my Father in heaven, where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am with them. So God's with them. So there's a special prayer thing that happens when two agree, right? A symphony. It's a harmony. So when this person I give to them, and then they're so grateful, they pray back to me, pray back for me. Wow. Anybody that gives to me, you just enlisted a prayer partner, but I think it's probably true. So if this harmony thing about people, two or three agreeing about anything, it goes to another level. That's why I've been talking about prayer partnerships for a long, long time in our business prayer meetings and stuff, and, and all across the church. You pray for me, I pray for you. I sow in you, you sow in me. When somebody gives me a gift, they just enlisted a prayer partner. Someone, If I do something nice for someone... I know they're going to pray back to me. This, if, if the prayer of agreement ever worked, and he's saying it right here, look, what's happening is you sowed, and this thing is resulting in thanksgiving, and these people are so happy, now they're not only uh, enjoying the gift, but they're praying back to you. Do you see how the universe works? Oh, that's nice. Thank you for praying for me. When someone says they're praying for you, especially in relation to something nice you did for them, you should be jumping up and down saying, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Keep on doing that. I really, and here you can pray this. Here, I'll give you five things. You can pray one, two, three, four. These are what I really need. Would you be uh, a prayer partner with me? Would you agree? Wow. See, the natural comes from the supernatural. That's the whole subject here. God loving the cheerful giver 
And so we just see this part, you know. There's this wonderful happiness and joy in this. Because as we give, we open up the floodgates of heaven and there's all kinds of things that can happen, right? A powerful prayer connection comes from investing in other people's needs and should not be underestimated. The prayers of people we've invested are true prayers of agreement that move heaven and earth. Matthew 18, 18 and 20. Now there's various forms of giving that God loves. <laughs> Here's one that I'm not too fond of, but God really seems to like it a lot. And, uh, and he, and Jesus, of course, uh, did this in his life on the earth, but this is something God really likes. Listen to this. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Wow. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone that asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expect to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. So this form of giving, giving to your enemies, God really likes. Your reward will be great because he's kind to the wicked. He was even kind from the cross. Don't expect anything back from him, them, he says in verse 36. Be merciful. Don't expect anything. He just, it's a wonderful section of scripture. Be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. Forgive others without judgment or condemnation. That's the next one. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn and you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be uh, forgiven. I, I like this one a lot. Again, Jesus on the cross. He sowed that back. He said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But this, this, this forgiving part and giving to your enemies part, these two things are really high yield seed when you do it in the world. It, has huge repercussions, but it's one of the hardest seeds to give. But when you begin to do it, uh, one time, sometimes we forgive people, but we forgive them with our teeth gritted. So what I'm learning to do is forgive people with a smile in my heart. It takes a little bit of time sometimes to do that, but God will help you. You know why? Because the moment you're doing that, his spirit's right there because he enjoys the whole thing. He really likes it. He likes that kind of sowing. He enjoys it. It's at the heart of who we are, right? All these forms of giving, including financial giving, result in this. All these forms. Enemies, all the things, you know, um, all the things that when, you know, people aren't so kind to you and all the whole thing, financial giving, they result in verse 38. Given will be given to you a good measure. This is where the part gets good. Press down. Shaken together, running over, will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So when you're generous, it's measured back to you that way. It's the law. It's the way God put things together. But it's not just law. If I say it's a liar, everybody goes, oh. <laughs> I see opportunity here. 
I see possibilities here. I see where I'm at, at the bottom of the barrel in some place or situation. I see a way out. I see grace. I see mercy. I see abundance here. And that's what he, he's saying here. Exactly. I, I love to read this scripture. Given will be given to you, and not, not just any kind of measure, but a good measure. Part of receiving the good measure is recognizing when the good measure is there. Because if you're grumpy enough, in a difficult space enough, you don't even recognize when God's beginning to break on you, when God's beginning to cause something to happen. I watch out in the ocean. I take these walks all the time. And guys and gals are just lined up all across the horizon, waiting, waiting, waiting. What are they waiting for? That perfect wave to break, right? When we sow, we should be like that, waiting for that wave to break on us, the wave of God's grace, looking for it as expectantly as they do, surfing that thing and enjoying it all the way down and then going about and doing it again. It's the cycle of life. So surfers are a lot like life, right? <laughs> they catch that wave and go back and do it again and again and again. So I want to just end with these quotes from Jack Hayford. And uh, it was out of this, this, this wonderful book. I think it's called The Key to Everything or something like that. I don't know if you've read that book, but it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. But again... Given will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. All right? Now, he comments on that, what he just said. Now, read it with me. This is worth the price of admission. If you, didn't hear, if you were asleep the whole time, everybody wake up now, because Jack Hayford is about to speak. And so I don't even know who Jack Hayford is. Well, he was a good guy. You should listen. Here's what he said. Think of it. God promises that when we open the, possibility, open the faucet of possibility through our own giving, a heavenly reservoir is waiting to flow back towards us with a whole lot more than you or I could contain. But we decide how open the faucet will be. God doesn't say he'll love us more if we open it wider, but that we will love more. Good quote, huh? So in these verses, there's a law of reciprocity. It's a law of God. Give, and what? It will be given to you, right? Second law, there's a law of self-determination. For the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. This works in marriage. This works in family. This works in money matters. It works in giving somebody grace at the job. It works in every avenue of life, right? It's the law of self-determination. What I mean by that is you have something to do about your circumstances. Often when I'm weak in an area, something's not right, I, I think, God, what could I do to sow into this area so that this will get better, <laughs> right? What could I do? What, could I, what kind of seed, what, what could I do that, that would help? And so sometimes God gives us an answer for that, right? And even for our whole church, sometimes God gives me an answer for that. And I'm going to read this one more time, and we'll close on this. Think of it. God promises that when we open the faucet of possibility through our own giving, I like that. You just imagine the faucet coming on. <laughs> a heavenly reservoir is waiting to flow towards us with a whole lot more than you or I could ever contain. Why? Because he's the God 
of the good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Just wait and watch. Your watching will help you see things in motion faster. If you gave up, you won't even see the thing in motion coming towards you. Sometimes you get blessed and you won't even see that it was a blessing. You have no idea because you're so deep into it, you can't see. So what God's looking for is watchers, people that will see. And even your seeing will turn into more. We decide how open the faucet will be. God doesn't say he'll love us more if we open wider. In other words, if you open the faucet more, you give more, you sow more. You know, He's not going to love you anymore for doing that. He loves you already. He died for you. He's got plenty of love. But that we will love more. In other words, when we open that up, we become better lovers, givers. We become like Jesus. And let me just say this last thing about it. This is real critical. The title of this was God Loves a Cheerful Giver. One of the best sidelights out of a giving lifestyle, sowing in all kinds of ways, one of the best things we get is a happy spirit. There's a joy in this. There's a joy that comes that comes from no other place. Learning to surf the wave of joy is part of the great adventure of life. Learning to surf what you've given and be thrilled about it. To be a, a place. You ever been a dad or a mama been in this experience? And I've been on the other side of this too. But at Christmas where you just can't wait to give that special gift to one of your kids because you know they want it so bad. Then when you see them jump in there and they're jumping up and down. Of course, we've all had those experiences go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> our kids weren't very grateful. But you know that one thing that you wanted to give, you know? And then you do it. I'll tell you, why don't we live on the edge of that? Oh, I just can't wait to do this. I just can't wait to do this. It's going to bless them so much. I just can't wait, you know? For me, I'm getting more and more into that place. I'm growing into that place. I just get a kick out of it. I, I just like seeing the result. Or, and sometimes I don't even see the result. But I just know that me and my dad were working together. Me and my dad really liked that one. And he likes all of it. So there's a joy here too. Sometimes people reduce giving and that kind of thing to this law thing. Like, you know, and just like, all right, you guys, you better do this. You're going to get it. You know, you don't sow. You're not going to get nothing. Or if you sow the bats, you know what I mean? And God doesn't want it on that plane at all. Because if you do that, that's not like exactly us. How do you motivate anybody? There's a joy. It's God's not like a thing. He's not like a machine. He's a person with emotions and joy and spilling over into your heart and your life, right? He's like that. So don't miss the joy. God loves a cheerful giver, but he's himself is cheerful, and he'll cheer you up too. He's got these wonderful emotions for all of us. Amen? Let's all stand. Bless you, God. Yeah, Lord, we thank you. The privilege of being in this house, in this place. I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for us. Help us to notice. Lord, I just commission our church today. I just commission you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord help you. May the Lord watch over you. May the Lord guard you. May the Lord help you to be a sower. May the Lord see the power of these words. May they soak into your spirit. May you remember them during the week. May this be your lifestyle, no matter what kind of giving it is. May God show you the wide variety, loving our enemies even, and loving people that aren't so nice to us, and learning how to encourage people who are depressed and discouraged, and learn how to give our time and our energy, learning to be a sower 
and a reaper, learning to be a giver, not just a taker, in all respects. May this great generosity just explode like a wave across our church and across our families and our household. May we all begin to receive the blessing of us and walk in it abundantly. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming. Have a great day.